So, Jacques, you know how we've talked about making our own fan films and stuff? Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it got me thinking recently, uh, what would I do? And uh, I know I've told you, um, oh, I want to, I'll do a KOTOR thing, but, you know, that's that's not going to happen. I, I don't want to do something that already exists. That That's not fun to me. So, uh, a few nights ago, I woke up in the middle of the night, which I normally do anyway because I can't sleep, and um, an idea just hit me, just like lightning bolt just right into my brain. My own unique Star Wars fan film. It's about 10 stormtroopers stranded on a planet that has violent weather conditions. Um, so basically how, how it begins is um, the Empire got some intel that this takes place in the original trilogy, by the way. I forgot to mention that. And so the Empire, they got intel about, you know, a possible secret rebel base hidden in the outer rims. They're not quite sure, you know, if it's legit or not. So they just send one Star Destroyer over there. This planet that they're going to is not on star charts. So the information they got also provided where the planet's location is. Okay. So they eventually, you know, they eventually get there. They hover over the planet. They notice that the entire planet is completely engulfed in this ridiculous storm. So uh, they decide to send some probes down. Once the probes hit the planet's atmosphere, they they lose contact with them. So uh, the experts, you know, they're telling the the commander or captain that it's not wise to send shuttles down there. So they eventually he gives the order to just just send the star destroyer down there because you know that's like one of the biggest, most highly advanced you know ships that's in the in the universe at the time. So you know it'll be fine. So. They start to descend down to the planet, and they quickly realize that it was a bad mistake. Like, the the storm is so powerful that it is ripping through the Star Destroyer like it's tinfoil. Oh, wow. Like, it's some kind of a crazy, massive EMP electrical field storm that's going on, and it's just shredding it. This thing is going down. So now you switch over to the hangar. And you see just, you know, the TIE fighters are crashing, they're crumbling, the, sh- the shuttles are rolling around and everything. Like, everything is just just falling apart around them. You'll, you'll see scenes of stormtroopers, you know, just getting blown out out of the ship and everything. So when they start launching out uh, escape pods, the storm is literally just ripping them apart instantly. Everybody in the hangar is starting to freak out. They know that this storm is probably going to, like, kill all of them when they go out there. So a huge thing breaks out into the hangar. Like, you know, the officers are just going on the shuttles and the stormtroopers and should have to stay behind. But then they don't accept that. And then there's just like a huge uh, firefight breaks out in the hangar. There's not enough shuttles left. So everybody's just trying to get a seat. By the way, I forgot to mention this. To do this fan film, I want $10 million. That's the budget for this. Okay, that's that's reasonable. It sounds like so you would just need the rooms and locations on the Star Destroyer, and then you would just need, like, maybe one location on the planet. Yeah. And I'd probably get the 501st to help out, because, you know, they got those uh, amazing replica outfits, you know, for stormtroopers and shit. I just get a whole bunch of them to be in this. Now, TIE fighters start going out, but they don't last very long to storm, like, after maybe five, six seconds, you could see, like, them just completely fall apart in the sky. So another TIE fighter goes out and another one, then you start to see that the TIE fighters start to su- survive a little bit longer. 
So what's happening is as the Star Destroyer is getting closer to the surface of the planet, the storm is not as powerful. So some of them decide to just wait just a little bit more to launch. And then once they get a little bit closer to crashing, they start sending out some shuttles and some TIE fighters. Now, this is a really awesome scene, just them trying to get down to the planet. You see TIE fighters blowing up, shuttles blowing up and everything, crashing into each other and everything just to try to get down there. Only one shuttle survives, but it has a bad crash landing. There was about like 30 stormtroopers probably on the shuttle, but half of them wind up being killed and the pilots. You know, as they left the uh, shuttle, they see that there's just a massive graveyard of ships that have crashed on this planet. Like, who knows how long ago they've crashed, but it's just they're in a graveyard. Five of the stormtroopers immediately die when they come out because their their helmets and shit are completely damaged, their filters and everything. So they just drop. So there's only 10 of them left. And they eventually, they do find shelter, like some sort of a big rock formation or cave or something. They do find something really quickly and they're able to uh, hide out in there for uh, a little bit. Now, the thing about my story is I actually want to show a human side to these stormtroopers. Sort of like Finn, but how he should have been done instead of just basically abandoning that story. Yeah, exactly. So of these 10 stormtroopers, two of them are veterans. The rest are just rookies. They're shit in their pants. They don't want to die. They don't have, they really don't have any food. They just have little rations and shit in their belts. So that's going to become a problem real soon. They try to, you know, set up a, uh, a distress signal, like little satellite thing. They quickly realized it's not penetrating the storm. All they can do now is just kind of hope the storm dies down just a little bit so they can kind of go out there and you know, find something. So eventually one of the, the stormtroopers, he uses his um, whatever device you want to call it, his data pad or whatever to, to, to scan the surrounding area. They eventually find a massive structure a little far away, but they think they can make it there. And uh, the commanding officer, he says, okay, you know, we're going to go. We, we can't stay here. We're going to starve if the, weather's, if the weather could get worse. So let's just go through this thing. So yeah, they eventually get to this... Um, to the structure and they think it's the rebel base. So they're, you know, they're getting ready you know, to go down there and to do what they came to do. You know, they're still loyal to the empire and all that. So they still have a sense of duty. So as they go down there, they realize that there's actually oxygen down there and this old, uh, ancient ruin facility. They go deeper into this facility. Now it's like a maze. There's so many different routes they can take. So eventually they come across these murals that are on the walls showing the structure they're actually in. And you can see these horseshoe ring-shaped like ships leaving the place. This kind of gives them a little bit of hope that maybe that there's some sort of a hangar in here. Now, they decide to split off into three different teams. There's one team has four, another team has three, another team has three. One of the small groups eventually finds this big chamber. The entire ground's like kind of covered with a uh, a misty fog. Kind of goes up to their thighs. When they're walking through it, one of them starts to see these weird objects in the mist. Gets a little closer. What do you think it is, Jacques? I have no idea. Uh, the uh, the uh, face hogger? Yeah, there's I, I alien eggs in this place, so that's right. <laughs> okay. This is the Star Wars <laughs> aliens crossover. That's what's happening here. I was getting some Prometheus vibes, too. Yeah, remember when I said on the murals? I was describing those ships on the murals are like horseshoe-looking things. That's kind of like the engineer ships like that kind of look like that. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, this is sounding a little bit like Prometheus with that like horseshoe ship and like, yeah, definitely. So this is basically an abandoned engineer base. I'm not going to go into the story anymore. I think you know where this is going. So yeah, Star Wars Aliens crossover. I don't have a name for this. If you can come up with a name, guys, for, you know, the guys who are listening or maybe Jacques, maybe you can toss one out there right now. I don't have a name off the top of my head, but I do like this idea. This sounds really cool. If I ever had a ridiculous amount of spending money, like let's say I won $500 million or something, I'm going to take $10 million of that and make this fan film, like a 40-minute fan film of this. Get the alien xenomorph suits, all of that shit. Like we're going we're gonna to make this look great. If I had $500 million, I would spend a lot more than $10 million on this. I'd spend at least like $50 million. Let's see, uh, who, who, would you, who would you cast? Like, just maybe one or two people. Who would be your leads? Tom Cruise. Uh, no. Tom Cruise the Stormtrooper. <laughs> There's the whole budget right there, $50 million. <laughs> I know some are probably thinking like, hey, why didn't you throw Vader in there or something? No, I don't want this. If I put Vader in this, like, all the attention is going to be focused on Vader and not the Stormtroopers. Yeah, we don't need him to show up just for no reason. Like, he's just down there like, hey, I, I didn't notice you guys. I'm just here for no reason, but uh, carry on. Who gave them this information? That's a whole thing, you know, we can figure out at another time. Like, someone tipped off the Empire, and they probably knew what was down there. Or they knew it was a trap, at least. You know, like, the weather was going to bring them down or something. Yeah, I think, like, I could see something where the, the higher-ups in the Empire, like, maybe some of the, uh, you know, like a, a moth you know, or something, Grand Moff could, like, had a plan because he knew about these and they want to try to weaponize these these xenomorphs. So they they sent down this this unit not knowing, like, exactly what they were getting into. Yeah, I wonder, too, if, like, the storm is just basically, the, that's just how the planet conditions are. The entire planet is like that all the time. I think you could have, like, maybe a couple survivors, too, from the unit. And afterwards, they're just like... Fuck this shit. We're leaving the Empire. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you guys can come up with a name for this fan film, let us know. I'm sure I could come up with something if I think about it. But yeah, the audience, like, go ahead and post your ideas for a name and maybe I'll post in there too if I come up with something. Maybe one of these days, Jacques, you can give us a, a fan film idea. Oh yeah, I definitely, man. I love coming up with stories and pitches and things like that. Because there are some great Star Wars fan films out there though. There's there's like the Darth Maul one I liked a lot. I think there was like a recent Obi Wan Kenobi one that was cool. Um Oh god, yes. Please people watch that Darth Maul one. It has like an amazing lightsaber fight in it. Yeah, Maul just gets to unleash. It's really cool. But yeah. So are you ready to uh get on with the show, Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I don't know. How long did that go for? Eh, like fifteen minutes or so. Like Really? Okay. Oh, not that bad. I thought it was going to go longer than that. That's perfect. Yeah, uh, so, yep. Welcome to the Boundless Gamers podcast. I'm Jacques, as usual, and that is Mike, who has been talking. And, uh, you know, subscribe to us uh, anywhere you listen to us. Um, we would appreciate that. If you want to go check us out on social media, we're at Boundless Gamers on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And, uh Yeah. That's about it. I don't really have anybody to promote. Um, I think next week I will have something to promote, but uh, we will get to that next week. So right now, um, before we jump into what we're playing, I just wanted to mention that uh, the Days of Play sale is going on right now on PlayStation. 
And uh, there's a lot of good deals on there, so I encourage you to check that out. Um, you have until June 9th, which by the time this podcast releases, you'll only have a few days. So go jump on that. Um, me personally, I did buy three games from it. Oh, sweet. Which ones? Sackboy, A Big Adventure. I have that downloaded, still haven't played it. I thought you did play it. No. I downloaded it on the PS4, and then it sat there for a long time. And then I got the PS5, downloaded it again, and it's still sitting there. So I don't know when I'm going to play this game. I have already played like a little bit of it, the first few levels. Um, I'm not going to talk about it much because it's still too early. So far, though, I am liking it. it, it it's sort of like Astro's Playroom, but like maybe not quite as good. But it's still cute. You know, it's like a fun little platformer. Yeah, so I got that. I got The Sinking City, which is the... Did you have you ever heard of the Sinking no. City, Mike? Okay, I was taking a second to think about it. I, I I don't know that one. It's based on H.P. Lovecraft stuff, so it's okay. you know got like Cthulhu mythos and things like that. You know, it takes place in like this dreary, dark uh, city, and it's um you know it's you're basically playing as a detective. I don't know much about the game. It just like that whole aesthetic, you know, just looked really cool to me, and I like detective games. And I believe there's, like, a DLC for it, too. So if I like it, maybe I'll get the DLC. I don't know. And then, uh, finally, I got Borderlands 3. I think I have that. Yeah, I have that on the Xbox One. I should have told you that. Damn it. Yeah, because I remember you telling me, like, you wanted to play a Borderlands again with me. And uh, I was thinking, like, man, you know, Borderlands 3 could be a cool one because I haven't played it yet, and neither have you. So... Um, it's like I said, go check it out. I can't remember the exact price, but I don't think it's too much, like somewhere around 20, maybe a little bit more. I was like, yeah, I just, I, I got to take this opportunity because I've played the other two and I've been wanting to ch check this out despite my feelings towards Randy Pitchford. You know, he has nothing to do with the actual quality of the game. So, uh, so yeah, maybe go look at that, Mike. Maybe we could, uh, you could buy that and we could, uh, play that. I actually don't want to buy that because I've heard from the Borderlands fans that's the weakest one. Yeah, that's that's fine. I still want to check it out, though. But I do want to go back and play the old ones at some point. I do have the, uh, was it the Handsome Collection? I, I believe I have that, too. Yeah, so we can play that, you know, at some point. But, uh, yeah, so that's that's all I want to say about that. You know, you go, like I said, you got till June 9th to, until the sale ends, so go check out that. And, um, yeah, um, I believe now we can just get on to what we're playing. Uh, and you guessed it, we're starting out with Mass Effect again, because <laughs> uh, we've been playing a lot of Mass Effect. Yeah, so I am finished with the first Mass Effect, finally. I finished it this weekend, and uh, yeah, I mean, not much really to say, other than, like, I, th I still think, like, it the, the story and stuff is very interesting and holds up. Now, remember last week you were saying, like, you were asking me, do I go Renegade or, or Paragon? Like, how do I, what do I lean towards? And typically, I think I do lean towards Paragon. But for some reason, I don't know, it must have been the mood I was in the one night, and I was on Novaria, you know, that mission you were talking about, or the Garage Pass and all that. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go Renegade for this mission. <laughs> and I, I gotta say, Mike, I was enjoying it. I was having fun being evil. There's like a couple, couple instances I can tell you about. Um, so... There is that one lady that you talk to where she wants you to go, like, put a bug on 
this this guy who works for this corporation like put a bug on his computer so she can uh, you're talking about the asari that's off to the left when you come into the bar okay yeah she's like a i think she said she's like a city council member or something for some like asari planet or i don't know but they were like investigating this corporation who was like selling like illegal like biotic amplifiers or something like that yeah yeah so so she wants you to like put some spyware on this guy's computer so you, they can monitor him so <laughs> so what I, I decided to play it a different way this time so i went over uh talked to him real briefly i didn't put the bug on him I decided not to after Woody, you know, just for whatever reason. So I went back to her and she's like, so did you put the bug on him? I was like, oh yeah, yeah, totally, totally put the bug on him. (laughs) And she's like, oh, thank you. And then she, uh, she, you know, paid me the money. So I took her money. I lied to her knowing full well that like, I, I told the guy, by the way, what she was trying to do. So she's going to be fucked. <laughs> so I was like basically lying to her face like, all right, yeah, cool. Have a nice day, you know, <laughs> knowing she's going to get caught. I wonder if that's going to come back and bite you in the ass in two. Yeah, it's, who knows? We'll see. But uh, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. And then there was the other time at the same uh, area where there's that hand art when you first come in and he, he wants you to smuggle in some package. So I went and got the package. I came back. And I was like, I didn't go right back to the Hanar with it. I went to the the Krogan that he was going to to sell it to. And the Krogan was like, all right, like, well, I'll make you a better deal. I'll pay you double. And I was like, sweet, sold. <laughs> Just cut the middleman out. So I took the money, went back to the Hanar and was like, yeah, I already sold it. Pocketed the money so you can go fuck off. <laughs> I did the same thing, but I also went to the Salarian who runs the place and I ratted the, uh, the Hanar out. Oh, yeah, that was an option. I, I didn't do that. How long did it take you to beat the game? Of course, take into account pause time, because I think all three of these Mass Effect games count pause time, which is bullshit. It's really tough to say, because there are a lot of times where I just pause it and leave it for a while. So the clock is probably off by hours. But I mean, it was definitely like somewhere in the mid-20s range, probably 20 hours. But I did a lot of side quests and stuff, too. Um I remember my very first time I played it way back when these came out. It was like over 30 hours, like 35 hours. So, yeah, I did it a little more quicker this time. So, you know, I was a Vanguard, which one complaint I have about Mass Effect 1 is like you can't map your biotic powers. Like it's so you literally have to like bring up the wheel every time you want to use it and like hit the power, which is annoying. Because you know how you like in 2 and 3, you can just like map a couple, like one or two, or I forget what it is, but... So you can just hit one button and it's just automatic. So I was thinking like I should have picked a non-biotic class for one. Because I think when it gets to two, you can change your class, can't you? I think so. I do like the vanguards though. Because like, and I should have played this game on higher difficulty. Because by the end or like the midpoint of the game, I was just so OP at that point. Like I was just like one-shotting everybody. It was so ridiculous. Yeah, I beat the first game on Insanity. Um, I picked Soldier. Because if I'm gonna play it on the hardest difficulty, I'm like I want I want the tank class. I'll just I'll let like Liara and the others do all of their little powers and stuff. And plus, I was thinking too with the the upgraded uh, like gunplay mechanics. You know, it it feels so much better. I was like I should have been a more combat focused class because I was mainly. I mean, I did use biotics and tech powers and stuff, but I was mainly just like smoking motherfuckers with my guns. Like, and that brings me up to my next thing I wanted to say is, um, Mike, I think I am becoming a, a sniper. Ooh. I don't use sniper rifles a lot, but 
So lately, I've been using them in a lot of games, and I'm really, really digging sniper rifles. So, so Mass Effect, I was using it a lot, and I had that mod where like it added like 500% weapon force. So I would just like shoot these fuckers, and they would go flying across the map. Even Krogan's, I would just like shoot them, and I would I would just keep shooting their dead bodies after, and just like playing like uh, whatever ping pong with their bodies. One of these days, we'll have to put that to the test and play a online multiplayer game reversing other humans i've never seen you pick a sniper maybe that's your thing we'll have to do that going against actual humans is a whole nother deal but um yeah we could try that uh and then like you know in village uh resident evil village i was using a lot of the sniper rifle too and i I really liked it there and then uh you know a game that i think we'll eventually talk about but zombie army 4 you know we're using sniper rifles a lot there too so yeah, I'm becoming a sniper rifle fan. <laughs> Never thought that would happen because usually I love shotguns because my accuracy is not that good. So I'm just like, you know, the shotguns have the, the spray so you don't have to be accurate. Dude, if you can master a sniper rifle, you are going to rock everybody's world. I remember back in the day when we used to do our Left for Dead matches. Remember, I always picked the hunting rifle. Oh, yeah, definitely. I was just... No, no pun intended. I was going to say I was smoking the smokers on the rooftops, <laughs> and the uh, the hunters, the boomers, like I could see them just kind of creep a little past the corner and try to peek and see where we are, and I just like bang, one two shot them from a distance. Yeah, if you're if you're good at like um, finding good positions and then like having a, being able to dial onto their heads real quickly, man, you can just just clicking heads all day. <laughs> just here's the thing about uh, PvP sniping. You know, find a spot, snipe a few guys, get the hell out of there and find a different spot. Yeah, so they can't locate you. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. a big problem with a lot of uh, randoms I would play with on my team. They'll just find a spot. They'll get a couple guys and they'll just stay there. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you got to get flanked. Your position is compromised now. Get the hell out of there. That's a noob camper move where it's like you just think you can stay in the same place all day. It's like, no, they're going to sniff you out eventually and then you're fucked. And even if you watch like, uh, what was that one movie? It was about snipers. It was like um Shooter? No, not shooter. It was like a war movie. It was like a war movie, like an older war. I don't know if it was World War Two. Jude Law was in it. It was like basically at the end, these two snipers uh going back and forth. Really awesome scene. It's like really tense. But yeah, that was the thing. Like they kept moving to different positions, like trying to get the the one up on the other. So I also recommend people pick sniper rifles if their reflexes aren't that great. There are guys who are who can who can shoot really fast, and that requires quick reflexes. But there's also the other type of sniper who waits for his shot. I used to play with a lot of uh, veteran gamers back in the day, and we played Call of Duty and stuff. And their reflexes weren't as sharp anymore; they weren't quick, so they became snipers, and they were really good. Uh, yeah, and you really got to get used to like leading your target too, where you kind of have the, the crosshairs like slightly in front of them until you get the, the rhythm of their movement and you can line their head up. Yeah, there's an art to it. Also, Mike, I wanted to ask you too, uh, for Mass Effect 1, like, um, what was your favorite squad mates? Like, who did you favor the most on missions? Liara, obviously, but yep, Liara is one of them, and the well, I, I bounced around a lot just to get the uh, five mission trophies for each squad mate. Uh, but once I finished all that, the two I would always pick was uh, Liara and uh, Tally. I didn't really have favorites. I don't think now. 
I had least favorites. I would not take Ashley or Caden hardly at all because fuck them. But the other four, I would kind of just switch back and forth between them all, like equally, just depending on the mission. Like, say, if I knew I was going to encounter a lot of Geth, I would take Garrus and Tali for their tech abilities. Or if I knew I was going to encounter Biotics, I would take, like, Liara and Rex for their Biotic abilities. I was trying to think, too, like, who is my favorite squad mate, like, just personality-wise and stuff. And I don't really know, because there's so many good ones. Um, I kind of like them all. But I really do like Rex a lot, because... He's just, you know, like that, they're very gruff, like stoic, like smart ass, you know, like really funny. And I don't know. I, I just like him. I think he's really cool. And there, there's definitely like some cool shit coming up with him in Mass Effect 2. So, so I mean, since we're talking about Mass Effect 2, like you want to go into 2 because that's what you've been playing lately? Yeah. Uh, one of the things I absolutely love in 2 that they changed was the galaxy map. You know, on 2 and 3, you can like actually move the Normandy around and shit on the galaxy map like it's a little mini game and you're like trying to fly yeah, yeah. to the planets and all that. I love that shit. Yeah, don't the Reapers chase you too? In the third game, yes. Oh, that's the third one? Okay. Scanning the planets is really fun. I, li- I like uh, sending in the probes and, you know, finding, you know, the, the rich spots and, you know, getting all your resources and all that. Of course, they kept the galaxy map music the same. Can't change that. Oh, you have to. It's It's legendary. The combat is 10 times better. It feels really good. And I love that they switched to um, ammunition instead of just, you know, the... Uh, yeah, the overheating weapons. The overheating uh, mechanic, yeah. When I first experienced that back in the day, I was not a fan of that at all. I was like, oh, why did they change that? Man, that that sucks. I, I don't understand. But now, you know, playing the, through these again, I understand why they did that. It's because, you know, when I was playing the first game... I constantly just kept using the same weapon like over and over and over and over because, you know, this thing don't run out of ammo. I'll just, you know, wait a second and then start firing again, you know. But with two, the game forces you to use everything, especially when there's like a really big firefight going on. You can't always go look for ammo. So you're like, oh, man, I got I to switch the sniper now and I got to switch the pistol. and I gotta... So it makes you use all of your shit. Yeah, because I know like in the first Mass Effect, I never used my pistol because I was like, what's the point? Like I have higher powered weapons that never run out of ammo. Yeah, well, that changes in the second one you're going to be using it. Yeah, that's good. Good to hear. Now, another thing I noticed is your your level up skill tree, I guess you can call it. It's not really a skill tree, but I'll just call it that. It's a lot smaller in the second one. And I was like, oh, man, that kind of sucks. But there's actually a lot more upgrading in this game because when you get on the Normandy, there's like the research stations and you can, you know, upgrade. There'll be tons of upgrades for the assault rifle, the shotguns, the sniper rifles, your, your armor, your health, the ship, your squad mates will have their own unique things you have to find. Now you have to like actually go around uh, these planets and shit and keep an eye out for these upgrades because they'll be on certain things you got to scan and then you'll, you know, receive it. Sometimes you'll get it from a person and shit like that, but there is a ton of upgrades on the ship. That's where all the, um, all the level up stuff you would see in the first game. A lot of that was just taken out of there and it was put in a different place. So for the people who say, uh, they really downgraded the uh, the level up system in that. They didn't. They just expanded it and put it in different areas of the game. Because I think in the first Mass Effect, like, because originally it was like 60 levels, I believe. Mm-hmm. But in this Legendary Edition, they give you the option to do Legendary version where it's it goes to 30 levels. So it cuts it in half, which is what we chose. Yep. And yeah, really, I mean, it doesn't affect it at all. I think it's better because 60 is too much, really, when you think about it. 
there's one thing you got to do, Jacques, in Mass Effect 2. I'm just going to give you a heads up. Don't okay. do Tally's loyalty mission until you get Legion. Once you get Legion, do her mission and bring Legion with you because you take Legion to the Quarian fleet and he's on the Quarian ships and it introduces a whole bunch of new cutscenes because he's there. Hmm. I, I don't want to spoil any of the scenes, but it's it's awesome and it introduces a lot a lot more uh, conversations. I don't remember what I did originally, but I'll keep that in mind. Because, yeah, I did that in Mass Effect 1, 2. Like, if I knew a certain mission was going to involve certain species or characters related to my squad, I would definitely bring that squad member to have, like, unique yep. scenes. So, like with, um, you know, when you encounter Benezia in uh, 1, I brought Liara. Yeah, I'll keep that in mind, though. And Legion has a lot of cool things to say when he's there. So, yeah, I recommend doing that. Uh, right now, I'm actually at the end of the game. I only have four companion loyalty missions left, and I got to do one expansion. I think it's Project Overlord. And then after I do all of that, I'm going to go into the Omega-4 relay. Yeah, that's how far along I am in the game. I think it's around the 25-hour mark now. Yeah, you're just, you keep being like a game ahead of me. I'm going to have to start Mass Effect real soon, or Mass Effect 2, rather. Yeah, you'll probably be done with the whole series like by the time i'm finishing mass effect 2 but then again there's all the dlc too so i might take a break though after i finish 2 because ration and clank uh rift apart's coming out yeah that is true i think i'll be playing ratchet and clank rift apart when it comes out so yeah god that game looks so beautiful I'm really curious, like, how fast it's actually going to load, because this, this SSD and this PS5 is ridiculous. Like, things load so fast, I can't even believe it. But yeah, so are you uh, pretty much done with Mass Effect? I want to talk more about it, but I, I, I'm i going to hold a lot of thoughts right now and wait for you to play it, and then we can have a nice back-and-forth okay. discussion, because, yeah, because I don't want to say the same shit again when you, when you, when you start playing it, so I'm going to put a pin on that. Yeah, that, that sounds sounds good. Uh, okay, so uh, there's one last thing I wanted to mention. So, and you you already saw it, but I posted this glitch to our Twitter that I encountered in Mass Effect, where um, the I was in the Mako, I was on Pharos, and it was like when you're you know going back and forth between the Exogeny facility, and so I was getting in my uh, Mako, and I was driving up to a door. It was one of these big doors that opens up like a hangar, you know, almost and. So I was like, I was just trying to see if I could open the door, like hit the little button while I was in the Mako. So I just drove right up to the door and I didn't know where it just like launched my Mako like 20 feet in the air and threw me off the bridge. And it was like critical mission failure. Dude, I, I spit out my water when I was watching that. I didn't expect the vehicle to do that <laughs> when you got to the door. No, neither did I. I was like, what the fuck? Because it just happened so fast. So luckily I had a save like right at that door. So I didn't have to redo anything, but, and that's the only like real glitch I've encountered. But, um, yeah, I thought it was hilarious. So go check that out, uh, on our Twitter. I'm glad you mentioned that. Cause I just remembered something about Mass Effect 2. I wanted to bring up real quick. There is a glitch right now that they haven't fixed yet. And a lot of people have been experiencing it. You know, the, uh, the, the romance, uh, achievements jock or trophies i should say yeah yeah i already got the first one in the first game but in the second game uh, for the second trophy it's not popping for a lot of people and it's mostly for the people who did something with liara in the first game 
Oh, really? It didn't pop for me. So what I'm going to have to do is maybe get with Garrus real quick at the end to get that at trophy. <laughs> I'm going to be, all right, let's go. Yep, suck it up and have sex with a cockroach. I did romance Liara in the first one because, like, I mean, there's not many options in my opinion. And we haven't reached Jack yet, the one I want to truly romance. So I was like, eh, why not? I'll just romance her. You always choose blue in the first game. There's no other options. That's it. Not Ashley, not Kanan, not Garrus. It's got to be Liara. If you don't pick Liara, you're not playing the game, right? So next, uh, <laughs> we're moving on to uh, Rise, Son of Rome, which I agreed to play last week in our surprise mechanic, and I did play it. Um, I think it took me like six hours to beat, and yeah, I did beat it because I did like it. I, I actually thought this was a really good game. Oh, nice. All right. Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad I played it. Yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's like, you know, it takes place in Rome and it's you're like this this soldier. Um, it's kind of a typical hero's journey. You know, you work your way up the ranks. And when I said last week, you know, if it's anything like 300, then I'll probably like it. A lot of it is like 300, like as far as the, the, the combat and stuff. And it also some of the combat kind of reminded me of like Arkham's free flow combat a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Like a less detailed version because it has a thing where you can like hit a button to kind of like uh, counter uh, anyone who's attacking you. So, you know, you got all these guys coming at you at once and you're just like switching back and forth. I thought the combat was like engaging enough. Some of the other stuff that it kind of reminded me of the the game itself, the, the it looked and felt a little bit like uh, God of War, like the uh, the new one, um, Assassin's Creed, like Odyssey. Even though that's like Greek, it still is similar. Um, the movie Gladiator. Uh, so so if you like all that kind of stuff, you, you might dig this. Yeah, so I, I won't really go into the story too much because it, it's like I said, it's pretty straightforward. But um. The graphics, man, like, they still hold up. Like, holy shit. Yeah, impressive. Now, you said you really liked the game, right? Yeah, I really liked it. What rating would you give it? You know, 1 out of 10. I mean, at least like an 8, probably. Yeah, I just I wanted to hear that because I'm on the Metacritic page right now. I want to know if you agree with this score. On Xbox One, it has a 60. And the user score is 6.3. Oh, no, that's too low. Do people understand that this is a launch game? For a launch game, this is a really, really good game. It's graphically impressive. I mean, the story's good. The gameplay is fun. I mean, it, yeah, okay, I, I'll agree. Sometimes it gets a little repetitive, especially in the second half. It's, I don't know. This game gets way too much shit. So you say like the it's repetitive, but the good thing is, is like the game is only like six hours, so it's you know it doesn't last very long. So. And I'm kind of surprised this game didn't get more recognition because, like, I had always heard it was good, but yeah, it doesn't really get talked about a lot. And like you said, it's a launch game, and you can tell since it's only six hours, they spent a lot of time really polishing this game. Uh, yeah, I'm just surprised it didn't get more love because um, there, there's a lot of cool mechanics in there too. Like, there's it's not just like the free flow combat. There's these times where like. Um, It'll it'll give you like options where it's it gives you like a fork in the road. There's like these times in the game where you can 
you're in a battlement and you get to choose as you're like, you're the general and you get to guide the troops like, okay, do you want your archers to cover the high ground or the low ground? Do you want more um, melee support or do you want more like uh, long range support? And there's like all these different options they give you and it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and then there's also this thing where it's like you, you have like this formation you know if you've watched 300 the movie where the spartans get in this like shield formation yeah, to block all the arrows yeah yeah that's really cool in the game i love that yeah they put like a there's certain times in the game where you're like you're charging like a, a bunch of enemies and it, you, you create like this shield formation where you all have like a bubble over you so it's almost like you're controlling your guy but it's you're controlling the whole entire formation. So like when the arrows are getting ready to come at you, you hit you hold the block button and they all like do it at once. They put the shields over them like a bubble and then you let it go and then you keep pushing forward and then you can like time it to where you all you throw like javelins at all the guys. And um and you just keep work slowly working your way up to 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 break their um their barricade or whatever. They're... And then this game is super gory too. There's Oh like... yeah. Oh, yeah. There's some awesome executions. That's like a huge uh, mechanic in this game is the executions. You can get like perfect parries and perfect counters and stuff. And you can like build up the these charges that you have. And the, um, and then you can actually unlock like different executions. There's even double executions where you can do two guys at once where you're going back and forth. You uh, If you hit like the, the, the buttons, it, it does a little like QTE quick time event thing with the buttons. And if you hit them perfectly, you'll like actually dismember guys. Like you'll cut off their arms and legs. You can even decapitate them, like slice their throats. It's it's awesome. If you're a fan of like uh, violence, <laughs> yeah. And if you're a fan of uh, like good, um, like cinematic, like epic, you know, combat type uh, movies, you know, like I said, 300 Gladiator, definitely give this game a try because it's free on Game Pass, only six hours. Yeah, just give it a try. I, I highly recommend it. It's such an underrated game. So many people give it shit and I just don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it right now. I like Rice, Son of Rome, more than Killzone. What's the Killzone that came out for PS4? Oh, uh, uh, Shadowfall? Shadowfall, yeah. The story is, is good in Rise, and Shadowfall is kind of just there. You know, it's just whatever. Yeah, it's it's like a you know good little um, quick tight story. Uh, the, the voice acting is really good too. Mm -hmm. um, there's this one character in there. I forget his name, but he plays like a, the son of a, the, the emperor or something. He's just very like uh, charismatic and stuff. And I just loved what he did. So Phil Spencer, if you're listening, give us a sequel because I'll play that shit. <laughs> I would be down for that. Yeah, for sure. You can. There's yeah, you could definitely go places with the story, too. I'm glad you enjoyed it. A part of me wanted you to play uh, Full Throttle Remaster. I, I really do think you'll hate that game. <laughs> I might still play it. We'll see. Okay, so that leads me into the, the next thing I want to talk about is a new segment that I'm going to introduce, and that is called 15 Minutes of Game. It is a play on the whole 15 minutes of fame phrase. So what I'm going to do is just pick a random game, uh, and I'm going to play it for 15 minutes and basically give a yay or nay, you know, talk about it on the podcast. Should, should I play it or not? Or should you play it or not? I could always continue to play it and actually beat it if I want to. But if I, you know, get to that 15 minutes and I'm just not feeling it, I'm just going to stop. 
I will never support this because you're crazy if you think you can <laughs> judge a game in 15 minutes. <laughs> well, it's it's just yeah, it's it's a little it's like a running thing, you know. As we as we said in the podcast before, like I, there's a lot of times where I only give games 15 minutes. And if it doesn't grab me by then, I'm just out. So I was just like, yeah, why not turn this into a funny little recurring segment where, you know, I just play 15 minutes of a game, just random. I'll just pick it like totally randomly. I'll go in my library or game pass or whatever, close my eyes and just pick a game. I don't think this is going to be every week, but I'll try to do it as often as I can. What if the first 15 minutes is a boring ass tutorial and then the rest of the game is awesome? I just won't get to experience it. You're crazy, Jacques. You're crazy. It's not supposed to be like a, you know, I'm not reviewing the game. It's not like an in-depth analysis. It's just something funny, you know, like, of course, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, we'll give it 15 minutes and decide if it's good or not. Yeah, of course, that's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I'm just giving you shit. I'm sure the listeners are going to love that. Yeah, it'll be fun. And you never know. Like, maybe I'll find a game where it's like, holy shit, this blows me away in the first 15 minutes. And then I'll keep playing it. And I'm like, wow, this actually kind of sucks. Yeah, you never know. You never know what you're going to get. Um, So I think we'll just go ahead and move on to our topic right now, Um, which is, you know, it's funny that I was just talking about the Mass Effect glitch because our topic for today is game glitches. <laughs> And we're basically just going to talk about, you know, glitches we've encountered in the past and um, what are our favorite types of glitches and just whatever else that encompasses. So, uh, yeah, Mike, do you want to start us out? Do you remember that glitch, Jacques, back in Mass Effect Andromeda that I I put on my uh, old YouTube channel? It was when um, my character went all blue, just blue slime all over his skin. Yeah, I do remember that. There's a clip I recorded of me talking to Cora on the ship and we're kind of like flirting and I just I look like I've ran through a uh, uh, just a slime shower he's been slimed yeah I have no idea what triggered it and it was glowing too it was was like glowing blue slime all over him it was yeah I don't know (laughs) that that reminds me you said glowing Uh, another game that is like has tons of glitches is Friday the 13th Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When uh, Jason would throw the uh, throwing knives at the car and the car just flips up in the air and <laughs> lands upside down. Jason's been working out, bro. You don't know. He's that strong. <laughs> but um, yeah, but that made me think with the glowing because there was these like rare times where you would like look in a cabin and like it, it would look like an alien abduction because like everything was just glowing purple. Man, we could talk about that game all night. There's so many glitches in that. Jesus Christ. Yeah, what about the one? There was this one where um, you would hit, it was like when Jason was trying to grab somebody out of a car and you would hit him with a bat and I don't know what would trigger it, but sometimes he would literally just like fly across the map in an instant. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the game would end. Yeah, they would crash the game when that happened. You know? That's one of the buggiest games I've ever played, yet still really fun. Did you ever experience the driving the car under the water? Oh, yeah, no, yeah, I think I uh, experienced that, yeah. It's like a James Bond car, just we're going under the water with it. There was the one, too, when I got, I was driving the car, and I got, it got flipped over, and somehow I was stuck inside the car, like it was upside down, and I just could not get out of the car, and Jason couldn't get me. And then there was another time, too, where the, the car got knocked vertical, so it was, like, balancing, like, on the the back of it. And I was like, somehow my character was standing on the top of the car, like the front bumper, and Jason couldn't get me. And I was like, well, I'm not coming down. I'm just going to wait it out up here. It's not a crazy glitch, but it would really piss me off when uh, some of the people in the room would climb on top of a house 
Oh, the roof glitch. Yeah, on pack and neck. And how they would trigger it is absolutely ridiculous. They would like go up the uh the stairs and place down a bear trap and then they'd step in the trap and then at, when they get out of it they stand on top of the railing and then from the railing they what do they go to like a window or something they, then they can get up to the roof or some crazy shit like that i can't remember all of it that's what's funny like the the sequence of events that you have to figure out for some of these glitches is it's like how do people figure this shit out they they're like amateur QA testers. <laughs> we did that shit all the time back in 2005 Battlefront. You know all the glitches we discovered. Like you can literally glitch inside anything in that game. You can leave the maps, you can go in any object, especially the droidica. Yeah, when you pick the droidica and when you're rolling around in this ball form, you know, when he opens up, if you're really close to a wall when he's opening up, he will open up on the other side so you can just walk right through the wall. <laughs> Uh, I remember um, in the in the league we played in, they actually had to ban the Droidica. Do you remember this? Yep, I do remember that. Because you can easily get around the map. Like, you can get across the map, like, in no time with the Droidica. You can just bypass everything. So I remember they were like, nope, you can't pick this class. Yeah, the uh, I think that's some of my favorite glitches is, like, collision detection shit, where it's like you can just phase through walls and stuff. Or similar to, like, my Mako glitch, where, like, you just touch something in just the right way that it like launches you like from a slingshot and there was also like dagobah on there too battlefront 2 where you could like go inside yoda's hut yep. and you could like you could totally walk outside of the map too and just like keep walking forever it was just like a plain flat like blank field of nothing you could just walk run across I remember people picking Yoda and then glitching into Yoda's hut. And then if you, if you like <laughs> go over there to grab the base, some guy, sometimes a guy will, ju- who's playing as Yoda will jump out of the hut <laughs> and Yoda comes out <laughs> swinging his lightsaber. Speaking of glitching out of the, out of the map, do you remember the map Renvar? Um, the big snowy one? Uh, there was two. There was like Citadel and there was Harbor. Which one? It might be Harbor. I think that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Harbor. Okay. You could take an at at walker and climb up the 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 big gigantic hills you know where you spawn in the back where all the vehicles like it's way back by yeah. the ice and shit if you go to the right if you get the ad walker to climb over that there's a whole other map that they just completely blocked off and they didn't use people always find a way <laughs> yeah speaking of like outside the map glitches uh man i had some really bad ones with avengers like the recent avengers game like our buddy Sean actually I uh, share played with him one time so he could be like actually see it so there was proof actually there was this point like towards the end of the story where it's like a big boss fight and stuff and I almost thought that I had to redo like a big part of that game because it totally it basically it, there was a point of no return it fuck it glitched so bad that it like broke the game so and this happened multiple times in different areas on the like final um you know stage final mission you know cuz you fight um Modok so there was this time where like he just froze like literally I defeated everyone else and he just froze like his character model was just frozen there and I could climb inside of his body it, yeah just it wouldn't progress there's this time where, like, when the the scene, the cutscene was loading in still, and like you just saw like uh, you know floating weapons, like Hawkeye's or not Hawkeye, but uh, like Captain America's shield and stuff, and Thor's hammer were just like floating there, but the characters weren't there. And then there's another time too where I actually I don't even remember how I figured it out, but I found a, a way that was repeatable, 
where I could actually get outside of this huge map. And I was just running around the whole outside, just like fucking around trying to find all these areas and stuff. And I actually posted a video of that on uh, YouTube. Um, you know, I, I don't know how you would find it, but yeah, there was that. And then there was the, the big like, um, Cree Sentinel or whatever, like, uh, that was the part where I like could run outside the map. Like you would jump down this into this huge like ravine or something, and yeah, and it, I could totally jump off the map too, and just could like fall forever. I went completely outside the bounds, <laughs> and I actually I like I think I tagged uh, Crystal Dynamics, the developer for that, it, in my for my YouTube video. Like, hey, check this out, and they never got back to me. So, but uh, who cares? Because I don't play that game anymore because it got repetitive and. I'm still waiting for Spider-Man. If you want to play Spider-Man, just go play the Spider-Man games. That is true. Yeah, they're, they're, or you can play some of the older ones on the 360. There's some good ones on there. Yeah, there's, there's plenty of Spider-Man games that, uh, that you can play. You don't need to re-download Avengers, you know, when the Spidey uh, playable character comes out. I mean, I, I don't have high hopes for it anyway. And uh, speaking of Spider-Man, I also had a glitch in Miles Morales towards the end. Once again, like I don't know what it is with these final missions. But yeah, so I was just, you know, fighting a bunch of guys and then out of nowhere, like Miles Morales just got launched like halfway across the entire map at like light speed. And uh, then I ended up just getting stuck in a building. Like I could not get out of the building no matter what. And he was just caught (laughs) in this running animation. So yeah, I don't know what that was all about. You're never going to get rid of game glitches no matter how hard they play test it. It's inevitable you're gonna see shit. You can cut it down. You can you can get it to the bare minimum, but uh yeah, it's it's never gonna go away. Crazy glitches, clipping and objects, all of that. There's other games too where I've fallen through the map, because that's that's a huge one. I, I fall through maps a lot. Yeah, that's happened to me a lot in games. Arkham Origins, yeah, that that was that was a frequent thing. Oh, it's funny that you fell through there because on Arkham Knight I also fell through the map. And it's, like, one of those things where, like, you just keep falling and, like, you just keep, you see, like, the actual, like, skeleton of the map, like, above you or below you and you just keep falling forever. Speaking of that, though, that happened to me on the Mass Effect 3 multiplayer. Like, remember we used to play that? And I actually got pictures. They're probably, like, on my old console or something, 360. I don't know. But, I uh, yeah, I just, no reason, just got launched, like like 100 200 feet in the air i don't even know it was like so (laughs) it was so high that like the map was below me and it was like a little dot it was like ridiculous so i i always enjoy those uh those collision like physics glitches where it just launches your character for no reason i love ragdoll physics like whenever your character just like ragdolls all over the place i don't know why but that gets me hysterically laughing because they just look so goofy you know what I'm thinking of right now, Jacques? Do you remember? I don't know which NHL game it was. It might have been 12, 13, 14. I don't know. Do you remember the alien abduction glitch? Oh, my God. I mean, is that really a glitch? That was a glitch because I saw it a couple times <laughs> that year. Yeah, you could just be skating forward and then you get hit. And then all of a sudden, your guy just gets sucked up into the air like five, six feet. It looks like he's like getting abducted by aliens or something. I, I God, hockey games have so many glitches. Yeah, it's like you're along the boards and then all of a sudden you get hit and then your body does like a little some backwards somersault roll and then all of a sudden you just like get sucked up like along the glass like 10 feet in the air. Oh man, 
there is a lot of glitches in the NHL series too. Like there's the ones where like you'll be fighting, but you'll you won't actually be grabbing onto each other. You'll be like ten feet apart, and you'll just be like punching the air. I remember seeing a guy getting hit so hard he went over the glass into the crowd, into the the Hercules check. Yeah, yeah, the Hercules check. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I don't know if that was intentional that they put that in there or not. I'm still unsure about that, but whatever. No, that was definitely a glitch. That there's no way. Man, nothing gets me laughing harder than a good fucked up hit or check in NHL games. There's the time like Sean hit the dude. I call it the Superman because he like hit him. And the dude did like the the Superman flying pose like where he straightens out his body (laughs) and went face first straight into the glass. That's not a glitch really, but it's still fucking hilarious. I, I literally almost died like at that when me and Sean were playing and I had to turn off my mic and I was actually like I couldn't breathe. I was laughing so hard. Speaking of sports glitches, there's there's a glitch that happened to me a long, long time ago back on the PS1 and I never told you this. I was playing a college football game. I don't remember which one it was. So if somebody asks me that, I don't know, <laughs> but I just remember being a college football game. Um you know, I, I was fourth down. I'm, I was losing, I think. And I decided to do a Hail Mary. So, yeah, I, I picked that play and I failed. I got sacked. Here's the crazy glitch. All the wide receivers, they kept running straight and they wouldn't stop. And then all of a sudden, everybody else on the field, including the referees, just kept running straight towards the end zone. And then eventually, when they got to the fans, they just all disappeared. And it never went back to pick your play or anything. And the game froze. It was just the only two players that didn't run was obviously me, the quarterback I was controlling, and the the AI that sacked me. Yeah, they all just took off. I'm sure they're probably still running somewhere (laughs) to this day. They're still running. But that was one of the most bizarre sports glitches I've ever seen. It's like Forrest Gump, you know, where he just keeps running past the end zone. Like he does, they don't, they have to tell him to stop. Run, Forrest. Have you ever had anything like that where like all the AIs just ran away? Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I don't recall exactly. I'm sure I've had something weird where AIs do some weird shit. Um, let's see. Well, speaking of like uh, sports games, like tangentially related to that is uh, the WWE 2K series. Oh boy. Yeah. You want to talk about a glitch fest The the physics in those games are out of control, man. Like I almost want to play them just for the hilarity that ensues from all the glitches because there's severe physics glitches where the wrestlers will just get stuck on something and like their arms will fucking stretch out like stretch Armstrong. And yeah, there's ones where you could like, you know, slam guys through the ring and then they'll just be in the ring with like their head sticking out of the, the, the ring. <laughs> Out of the mat. Do you remember when we used to throw like all the chairs, all of the the ladders and every every single possible item you can throw in the ring? If you put everything in there and max it out, the game just goes completely nuts. Yeah, it breaks. (laughs) Yes. Oh, man, the ladder. There's so many glitches with the ladder. There's one, too. I can't remember how to do it. It might have something to do with like the ring steps of the ladder. But there was this one year where, like, the hair physics would just, like, freak the fuck out, and the the hair would just start growing, like, until it encompassed everything, like a blob, like, and it would look all, like, uh, polygonal and stuff, and it would just be, like, hair would just be, like, stretching and flying around the map and stuff. Yeah, those games are so fun to play for the glitches. 
So I, I, just, I just thought of another glitch, not from the WWE series, but uh, this this was a big one. Do you remember? I think it was Assassin's Creed Unity. The eyes bulging out of the sockets. Is, is yeah, it no, it was one? more than that. Like literally, they would just be like floating eyes and mouth. Like they would be like a, a freaky, horrific skeleton, ghoul-looking creature where half their face was missing, <laughs> and everybody was like that. It was a huge issue. They had. I don't. Did they ever fix that? They did their best. <laughs> they patched it up, but it, it's still pretty buggy to this day. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Assassin's Creed Unity because it just reminded me of a glitch uh, that happened. And it also shows you the AI intelligence in Unity is just complete garbage. There's this one time I, I was crawling up a... Not crawling, I'm not Spider-Man. You know what I mean? He's climbing <laughs> up a building. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. That'd be awesome if he just swung into the middle of Assassin's Creed Unity. <laughs> it's like a shattered dimensions that he's like just goes to another dimension he's like oh wait a minute i don't this isn't where i'm supposed to be and he would actually be a pretty good assassin if you think about it he's got the spider sense and he's real stealthy oh yeah of course but anyway yeah i was climbing up the building and uh there's a bunch of enemies up there and you know i don't oh i don't want them to see me so let me try to sneak around them so yeah, I, I stuck my head up to take a peek and see where they were, and, and they all saw me. I was like, oh shit, I just messed up. And so I went back down like immediately, and then they all just, where'd he go? Where'd he go? Where is he? I don't know. You look over there. Well, I'll look over there. And then I stick my head back up, and then they all see me again. So I was like, oh shit. So I put my head back down. And then they all just immediately, like instantly, they don't know where I am. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on? So I just started playing a game, picking my head up, go down. I do have a video of it um, somewhere. So if, if I find it, I'll share it on our Facebook page or, or somewhere. I don't even know if that's a glitch. That could just be horribly programmed AI. Yeah, that's true. It was still funny, though. But there's like times where I play games where the AI is so dumb. You can literally just be like, you know, when you play that game with a baby where you, you cover your eyes or cover their eyes and it's like, Oh, where'd he go? Like he disappeared. Yeah, I was playing peekaboo with AIs. That's that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. You're literally just like you cover your eyes and they're like, Where'd he go? Well, he disappeared. Or you just like yell, like, look over there, and they're like, What? What? They're just so stupid. Like you could throw rocks and just like they're totally just just distracted. It makes no sense. But it's hard it's hard to get good AI down in games. Um, I was thinking of a, another glitch that we both experienced, and I'm sure you'll remember, but Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2. Oh, when we couldn't progress through the shield door or something? Yep. It was literally game-breaking. There was a point, like, it was supposed to trigger some part opening up, and the door just never opened. And we're like, well, what the fuck do we do? <laughs> I don't remember. Did we reload a save or something? Yeah, or... yeah, to fix it. Yeah, that that's actually a very common one uh, in a lot of games where, like, get to the uh to the objective and you have to go through a door and the door won't open or some shit like that i've seen that in so many games but uh anything that stops you from progressing and it's just you come to an invisible wall and you just can't go anywhere and you're stuck yeah th those are the worst yeah that's a frustrating glitch that's not a funny one um that was sort of like my avengers glitch where it literally was game breaking like i could not progress so you don't want those i was thinking of like a um Another game recently within the last year, Ghost of Tsushima, I had a glitch too where just, I don't know what I did. I was just walking up to a rock or something and all of a sudden I just got shot like 50 feet in the air and I landed and I died. And I'm just, I don't know what it is about like me just colliding with certain objects in a certain way and it just launches me. I, I don't know. 
happens a lot though that happened to me a lot in fallout the three a death claw takes a swing at you and i'm like 200 feet up in the air <laughs> yep good times uh let's see so <laughs> there's one infamous glitch i want to mention and it might be my favorite glitch of all time and that is the gta 4 swing set glitch you remember that oh yeah i remember that it's when you would ram a car into a certain uh swing set because there's a bunch of them throughout the map but there's one particular one that would launch you like would launch the car like hundreds of feet up in the air i mean you can get launched like 30 40 50 blocks away and I think they might have patched this out because I think there was like an uproar about it. People wanted them to leave it. But yeah, it was a very specific swing set and you had to drive a car into it in a very specific way. It was actually kind of difficult to get just right. You had to do multiple tries and it became like a meta game. Like you could just spend like hours doing this because trying to like beat your your distance, like see how far you can launch this Can we car. reach the water this time? Let's try yep. it. That was the thing. There was like a water, like more in the middle of the map. And it's like, that was the gold. And I think like one time I actually did make it all the way to the water. And uh, yeah, no, it's at least it launches you hundreds of feet in the air, if not higher. And we're man, it launches you so far across the map. Like, I don't even know how far, but it's like halfway across the city. It, it was so insane. And it's fun, like having the viewpoint of being inside the car <laughs> while you're being launched. Oh, man. Yeah, that's one of my favorite glitches of all time. Yeah, that's. Uh, I can't really think of any more glitches off the top of my head. We didn't bring up much like retro games. Is there any older games that you experienced some glitches in? Hmm. Let's see. Uh, the original Spider-Man game on the PS1, there was a lot of times where you'd be swinging through the city and you're going through the buildings. <laughs> I can go through this building. Sure, why not? Yeah, we'll just say Spider-Man developed the new like phasing ability. I, I can't remember any, like, specifically, so, yeah, I can't really speak. And I'm sure there's, like, tons of old glitches, but, yeah, it's just too long ago. But, um, yeah, I think we've probably talked enough on the glitches, you know? We don't want to bore you guys too much. Please share your glitch stories. We would love to hear that. Yeah, for sure. Everybody's got them. Everybody's got a whole, whole slew of them in their heads. So, please share. Please share. Yeah, definitely. I'll look forward to reading those. Uh, but yeah, so, um, we'll move on from our topic and, uh, so this is the point in the show where we're going to discuss something that happened last week on Surprise Mechanics, uh, a little controversy, uh, with me and Mike. Uh, it was trivia time and, um, he, uh, disagreed with the way I worded the question, which was, what is Bethesda's highest selling game? So what we did is we put it to the audience vote and... I have the results of that audience vote because what is up for grabs is whoever wins, they get to choose a game $20 or less and the other person has to buy that for them. So I have the results right here and Mike, uh, I'm sad to say, but you won. Sad to say, you know, I'm right. <laughs> you worded it wrong. It should have been like, what is Bethesda's most downloaded game? Then yeah, it would be Fallout Shelter. So I, I will admit, yeah, maybe I probably worded it wrong because um, I had a different intent. But yeah, I probably should have been more specific with the wording. So I'll give it to you. It's fine. You know, you won with a vote three to one. You know, not many people voted, but I and I, I do. I want to thank Ashley for being the sole pity vote for me. <laughs> we tried. 
So you know what that means, Mike? You get to pick a game, $20 or less, and I will buy it for you. Now, you you don't have to choose right now, but next week we'll let you know what that game was. I have something that's going to spice this up a little bit. Go on Amazon, find any game under $20. I don't care. It could be very cheap, whatever. Pick a random game. It could be Switch, PS3, Xbox One, PS4, whatever. Don't tell me what it is and just send it. Oh, like a physical copy? Hmm. I, I'm almost afraid to choose a PS3 game because I know you have so many and I don't want to get one that you already have. I guess I'd have to take a picture if, the, if you did decide to get one of those. Yeah. Well, we'll work something out, but I, I like that idea. That just makes it more interesting. I'm probably going to get like some Barbie game or some shit from the, for, the, <laughs> for the PS3. What was that one game uh, where you could get like an easy platinum or easy hunt a thousand gamer score? It was like, was it a Ninja Turtle? No, it wasn't Ninja Turtles. It was like infamous. It was like this one game and it was something like Ninja Turtles. I'm not sure which game you're talking about, but the, the game that popped into my head, there's no physical copy of it, but uh, My Name is Mayo. No, that's not it. No. I know that's not what you're thinking of, but that popped into my head as being like the most easiest platinum. Like you you literally just tap a mayonnaise jar like what, 10,000 times and you get the platinum. Do you have a platinum with that or no? Yes, I do. You should be a fucking shamed of yourself. No, man. I'm not. I have tons <laughs> of hard ones, so I don't mind getting a ridiculous one here and there. Nah, you're you're not a real gamer. I'm, you know, I'm actually, I'm removing you from this podcast for that. I'm ashamed to be associated with you. Uh, okay, so moving on. Um, one last thing before we get to surprise mechanics. Uh, and we briefly talked about this last week too in our surprise mechanics, but we're going to introduce a new segment where once a month, uh, you, the audience, gets to choose a game for us to play. So I think how we're going to work this out is... Probably somewhere around the last episode of every month, I will post something where I'm I'm soliciting game suggestions, and you can you know put as many as you want in there uh, across all the social medias. I'll probably give it about a week or something like that, and uh, at the end of that, we will take all of the top three suggestions and we'll put it to a poll. And then you guys can all vote on it. And uh, yeah, that following month, we will play that game that wins. So, and we will, when we're finished with it, we'll talk about it uh, on the podcast. So I think it'll be fun. That sounds great. I'm afraid. I don't know. I mean, we're probably going to get some games we don't want to play at all. But you know what? That's just how it goes. That's uh, it comes with the territory. So. Yeah, that's what makes it interesting. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, uh, finally, Mike, we can move on to surprise mechanics, um, which if there's any new listeners, it is basically me and Mike, we have brought something to the table and neither one of us knows what it is. So it could be literally anything. So, uh, so yeah, um, I think typically you start Mike, but this time I'm going to start cause I think your surprise mechanic is probably going to be more interesting than mine. Really? Well, we'll see. What, what do you got? I don't have faith in mine, so... <laughs> oh, so it sucks that bad. All right. Well, no, no, we'll, we'll see. Let me get to it. So uh, so I'm pretty sure we're all aware of uh, that show, Inside the Actors Studio with James Lipton. Are you aware of that, Mike? No. <laughs> You're not aware of Inside the Actors Studio? No. I'm, I'm dead serious. Oh. So this is going to make this even more interesting then. Cool. 
All right. So, uh, you know, James Lipton was the host of that show. I believe it aired on like A and E or something for many years. And yeah, he would just interview uh, actors or actresses one on one. So at the end of his interview, he would always ask them the same 10 questions. And I'm going to ask you those 10 questions right now. And you know what? I To add a little bit more to it, I think I'm going to try to do it in his voice or my best impression. Can't promise it'll be good, but all right, here we go. What is your favorite word? Black. What is your least favorite word? Hungry. What turns you on? Liara. What turns you off? Anybody that's not Liara. (laughs) What sound or noise do you love? Bacon sizzling in a pan. What sound or noise do you hate? People screaming in pain. What is your favorite curse word? Shit, but some people don't consider that a curse word. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Want to be an astronaut. What profession would you not like to do? Cleaning the shit out of elephant uh, cages. And the final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say? When you arrive at the pearly gates. We have Asaris here. <laughs> Man, you love those Asaris. All right, that was good. I got Mass Effect on the mind, and Liara's always there. So I'm trying to keep that going in my mind, because maybe I'll have a dream soon. You never know. Oh, yeah. Go call back to the lucid dreaming. Yeah, a lucid dream with Liara. Actually, that wouldn't last long, because I get too excited in the dream, and it would just vanish instantly, so... It would probably just be your luck that it would converge with that that alien's dream that you've always been wanting to have. And, like, it's you and Liara, but all of a sudden it's, like, Xenomorphs trying to attack you guys. Ray, Ray, when you're having sex and you're about to, you know, blast off, it's like all of a sudden you just have a Xeno come out of the vent or something. I'd be down for that, as long as he doesn't interfere. It could turn into a cool movie, though, where, like, you know, you and her are trying to survive the whole movie, and then at the end, you, like, share a passionate kiss and after you've defeated the Xenomorphs. and She would mess up the Xenomorphs with her biotic abilities. Honestly, that is true. You'd be hiding behind her. Like, that's shit. She's the one with all the power. It's kind of funny, because in um, Mass Effect, you know, the Rachni, those are basically, like, ripoffs of Xenomorphs. Yeah, that's the closest thing in that universe, yeah. Because they have the queen, and then they, like, I didn't get that, like, back when I played them the first time, but playing it again, I'm like, wait a minute, they're they're taking a lot of stuff from sci-fi things, like, you know, the Geth and the Corians is like Battlestar Galactica, and not, not that I'm hating on it, just just the observations. But, uh, yeah, that that is my surprise mechanic, Mike. What is yours? I'm going to give you 11 video game quotes, and you have to tell me what game it's from, you can also tell me who said it. Okay. Now, I might give you some hints if if you're really lost. I might even do the voice of the character. Okay, that would help out. All right, let's fucking go. All right. First one. The right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world. Are these like, just could this be across any platform, like any era? Yeah. There's, okay. The right man in the wrong place. Do you need a voice? Yeah, sure. The right man in the wrong place can make all the difference in the world. It sounds so familiar. 
Like it's almost there and I can't quite grasp it. Especially with that voice. I I don't know. I give up. Wake up, Mr. Freeman. Wake oh, up half, Half-Life. Smell the ashes. Yes. It's Half-Life 2. It's the G-Man. It's like a very famous scene in the opening. I haven't played any of those games, so that's would explain why I didn't know that. Okay, yeah, next one. If our lives are already written, it would take a courageous man to change the script. Now, based on the quote, it sounds like it could be something, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, could you do the voice, maybe? If our lives are already written, it would take a courageous man to change the script. I'm just going to say Alan Wake. Correct. That script part like gave me away, gave it away with the writing. Did that stuff. sound like Alan Wake at all? Yeah, no, that wasn't bad. As soon as you went into it, I was like, okay, yeah, that confirms it's Alan Wake. It's hard to it's hard to do impressions. Like I probably did a shitty James Lipton impression, so I, I feel you. <laughs> I used to do a lot of impressions when I was really young, but then my voice got really deep, and then it all went away. But I can do some voices still. All right, here's the next one. We both said a lot of things that you're going to regret. But I think we can put our differences behind us for science. You monster. You monster. Hmm. Man, this is tough. Because, like, when it's just the quote out of context, it's like, it could be anything. All right. Do you want me to do the voice? Yeah. Yeah, please. We both said a lot of things that you're going to regret. But I think we can put our differences behind us for science. You monster. Oh, okay. Now I think I might have the game. Um, is it is it like Glados and Portal? Yep, correct. Which Portal? Portal Two. Yes, correct. I'm very shocked that I got that. <laughs> Why don't you just do the voices for all of them by default? All right, because because it, it's very difficult. Like I said, out of context. You'll definitely know this one. Okay. A man chooses, a slave obeys. Okay, that is Andrew Ryan from Bioshock, the original. Correct. I love that part, that quote. Oh, so good. Now, this is going to be really hard, but I'm going to try it. All right, fifth one. I'm racking my brain trying to think of a name for that diamond pony I bought. I was going to call it Piss for Brains, in honor of you, but that just reveals immature. Maybe, but Stallion. I don't even know if I'm doing the voice right. Is it Handsome Jack? Yes. Holy fuck. <laughs> okay, I'm doing better than I thought. Oh my god, this is going to be hard. I'm going to try it, though. <laughs> Does this unit have a soul? Is it Legion from Mass Effect 2? I'll give it to you, but it's Mass Effect 3. That's Legion, yes. Close enough. Oh, holy shit, I don't know enough about this one, but I'll try it. I can't. I can't. I don't know his voice. I'm just going to read it to you. Hatred and prejudice will never be eradicated, and the witch hunts will never be about witches. To have a scapegoat, that's the key. God, that could be anything. Uh, Could you read it again? Hatred and prejudice will never be eradicated, and the witch hunts will never be about witches. To have a scapegoat, that's the key. God, man, I I have no idea, so I'm just going to take a guess and say The Witcher 3. Who said it? Geralt, I don't know. (laughs) Yes, 
You're correct. Are you fucking shitting me? You're doing very good. You're doing very good. I know I'm giving you some of these voices, but still, these are not easy. I am shocked by how many I'm getting, because that, that was like just th- closing my eyes and throwing a dart at the dartboard and getting a bullseye. <sighs> Let me think about this voice for a second. Hold on. Okay. I will not turn into one of those things. Come on. Make this easy for me. Hmm. Turn into one of those things. What could those things be? Do you want me to just read it for you? Yeah, Are go you ahead and read With a normal it. voice? Okay. I will not turn into one of those things. Come on. Make this easy for me. Okay, so clearly someone wants <clears throat> another person to kill them because they don't want to turn into something. So it could be a zombie story. Oh, The Walking Dead season one. Lee. Is that right? Incorrect. Oh, my God. Okay, what is it? I will not turn into one of those things. Come on, make this easy for me. That was Tess from The Last of Us. Oh, you're right. You're right. I was close with the whole zombie thing, but yeah, nope, that's that's it. How was that voice, by the way? Was that terrible? Uh, I mean, you know, it's not, not terrible. It's, you know... It didn't sound anything like Tess, but I mean, like, it, you're not going to sound like a, a woman when you have a voice like you, so. <laughs> Number nine. You gave them the one thing that was stolen from them. A chance. A chance to learn. To find love. To live. And in the end, what was your reward? You never said, but I think I know, a family. Huh. Wow. It's... I can read it again. If you want me to read it again? Yeah, go ahead and read it normal. You gave them the one thing that was stolen from them. A chance. A chance to learn, to find love, to live. And in the end, what was your reward? You never said. But I think I know. A family. Is it Bioshock, the first one with the little sisters? Yes, that's the ending. Whole... Yep, that's what I thought, man. Who says it? Actually, I don't have it written down, but I think I know the character. Is it Tenenbaum? Yeah, I believe that's oh it. Oh my god, dude. I did a lot better than I thought I would. You got two more. This one, I can't do the voice. I just can't. If I do it, you'll know, you'll know like the first few words. Okay, that's fair. What are you scared of? Failing to save this cesspool of a city? Not finding the commissioner in time? Me and a thong? Uh, well, based on the commissioner line, I'm going to guess that might be Commissioner Gordon from an Arkham game. Am I in the neighborhood? Keep talking. I don't know. Maybe. See, now it could be any. It could be like Telltale Batman, too. It could be like Harvey Bullock or some other character talking. Yeah. I, see, I don't know if it's the Arkham games or the... I don't even know if it's a Batman game. I'm just kind of like guessing, but... uh, First thing that comes in your head, just say it. Arkham City, the Riddler. No, it's not the Riddler. It was the Joker. Now, in this okay. article, it says Arkham Asylum, but I'm pretty sure he says that in Arkham City. I should have looked into it a little bit more. <laughs> okay, well, that was close. You know, that's not bad. Maybe it was Arkham Asylum. I don't know. Here's the last one. Don't make a girl a promise if you know you can't keep it. Uh, My gut instinct is the wolf among us. Who said it? See now this gets tricky because I don't want to give away. I'll, I'll just say the 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 prostitute in the beginning. You are way off. That was Cortana in Halo Three. Okay, that makes sense. 
you did pretty good though. You did pretty good. You got uh, let's see. Okay, you didn't get the Half Life one. You got Alan Wake. You got Glados. You got Andrew Ryan. You got Handsome Jack. Legions. That's five so far. You got The Witcher six, and seven was Bioshock. So yeah, you got seven. How many were there total? Eleven. Oh, seven eleven. Sweet. Seven eleven. Let's go get some Slurpees. Yeah. Oh God, I would love one right now. But yeah, no, that's pretty good, man. That's uh, I, I like this uh, surprise mechanic though. That's it was fun. How the hell did you get Legion though? Because that that's that could that could have been a lot of different things. That that quote. Because I specifically remember that line, and plus we're playing Mass Effect lately, so I figured like yeah, you encountered him in Mass Effect too. So yeah, it just it lined up. I, I tried my best with Legion's voice, but that's a heavily modified voice. It's uh, you can only do so much with that. You would need like a voice changer to sound like a robot. I'm not even sure how you would do that. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all we got, Mike. Um, it was a good episode again. I, I enjoyed this. Um, thanks for joining me. Oh, of course. Next week, Jacques, I need a name for my uh, Star Wars fan film. Yes, yes. Don't forget, audience, comment on that as well. Like, also comment on what games we should play and also comment what should be the name of the Star Wars fan film. And don't forget about crazy glitches or, you know, or any kind of a glitch that you want to share with us. You know, we want to hear that. Yep. So you guys got homework. You better get on that. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to take us out. Uh, we, uh, we are the Boundless Gamers. Um, this, uh, this has been, (laughs) this has been a train wreck. This has been a complete train wreck because you just butchered the ending. I, I, I'm always like, it's so awkward because I, I actually, uh, I hate doing the, the intro and outro parts because I'm just like, I hate like self-promotion. It just sounds so stupid. I mean, I could do it if you want this time. How yeah, you know what? Go ahead. Like you, you take us out, Mike. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boundless Gamers podcast. Please make sure to go check out our social feeds, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, interact with us because, you know, we love talking to you guys. We especially love talking to you when you agree with me with the whole Bethesda thing, you know. Yeah. Shock knows I'm, I'm I was right. He does want to admit it. Uh Mike, what is our social media handles? At Boundless Gamers. Good, because you forgot that part, you son of a bitch. It's not so easy, is it? <laughs> no, no, but it's very late at night and I haven't done this before. Well, I, I've done it on, on YouTube, but not in this podcast. But anyway, yes. So please go check out our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Whatever doesn't matter. If you don't want to check it out, that's cool. Mike, should, should they should they subscribe to us or not? No, you don't have to subscribe to us. We just want you to go there and look at the pages. That's that's all you got to do. But if you want to hit the subscribe button, we'd appreciate that. Yeah, I know I'm fumbling this <laughs> because this is the first time I've done this, and uh, probably going to be the last. Probably the last. <laughs> you know. But yeah, I guess that's that's it. I mean, we just finished our fifth episode, Jock. You think we should celebrate or... I'm going to take the reins over from here and just go ahead and say like... No. Okay. Okay. No, I want to finish this. I'm going to finish <laughs> this. I'm flying this plane right now, right? I'm going to land it. I'm landing Dude, this I am plane. afraid right now that we're going to crash and burn. I'm just going to let you dig your hole even deeper. So go ahead. So thanks again, guys, for listening. I'm Mike. I'm Jacques. We will catch you in the next episode. So stay safe, guys. Mm-hmm.